This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you with a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Well, guys, we're into week two now. This is episode two of The Grid presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. And boy, did week one get kicked off with a bang across the state. I mean, you look at some of these results. I mean, Denton Ryan loses to Nebraska's Alito to Dallas Parish Episcopal, Mason to Coleman, Mike, uh, Mike Foreman, sports editor for the Victoria Advocate here, along with Jeremiah Sosa, and I'm Sam Fowler. Mike, that doesn't even touch on what we saw last week. Just kind of what you see from just a wild week one for us. You're right, Sam. This is one of the craziest week ones I can remember. Uh, just upsets all over the board and uh, a lot of surprises. Uh, and uh, we'll have to see where it takes us from here. Uh, but like you mentioned, some of the upsets around the state, we had our own upsets. Uh Refurio lost to Hitchcock. Shiner lost to Hallettsville. Uh, those were some of the biggest upsets right there. But uh, we also had uh, Bloomington coming out of the gate, uh, winning its first game under new ho- head coach Brandon Krause. So uh, just a, a wild, wild first weekend. And Jeremiah, you were out there covering Hallettsville versus Shiner. Just kind of walk us through what happened there. I mean, Hallettsville coming in, everyone thought they were going to be in rebuild mode. Here they come. They knock off the number one team in Class 2A Division One, who's running a 30-game win streak. Just kind of what did you see from the Bramas? Yeah, well, Mike, like you said, the uh, the Shiner was riding that 30-game win streak. And, you know, to start off the game, it, look, it looked like they were like kind of like sloppy on, on, on offense. I think uh, that first drive they had about two or three penalties. Um, and then they, t- they turned the ball over, ball over right away. And, you know, they can never really get the passing game going. Um, obviously, that's, they're kind of, like, known for the running game. But, um, but yeah, neither teams were able to get the passing game going. And then, yeah, just the Brahmas, they, they look pretty pretty good on offense. Uh, they, they lean heavily on the run game from their quarterback um, and also uh, Jay Sean Price. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, for Shiner, it just seemed like all, all of the mental mistakes and all the penalties, turnovers um, – it just added up just to, just to, just to a, a game where they weren't able to 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 get that win. And honestly, the the Brahmos looked pretty good um, on defense too. I mean, the, Shiner got the ball in the fourth quarter um, about two times. Um, you know, they had a chance to tie it, uh, and the Brahmos defense just just held them. They stopped them both both times. I know the last one it was a. Uh, it was uh it was to win the game. So you know the defense really stepped up. Um, the offense on the running side of the balls they stepped up, and you know it was just a big win overall for the Brahmas. Uh, I know Coach uh, Coach Pensick was was really proud of his team. Like you said, it was it was a pretty young team. So you know it was a big surprise, but 
just just having a win like this over over uh, Shiner, it's it could really set you up for, to have a, a successful season. And I know you know they're kind of young, but um, but yeah, it just just a big big win for the Brahmas, and you know it's uh it, it it'll definitely set them up for success. And Mike, your game, you got the. You got to see it wasn't necessarily an upset, but it kind of sh- it kind of surprised a few people what Quero was able to do on defense in a forty three to fourteen win over El Campo, who was the number four ranked team in the in the state in Class Four A Division One at the time. You know what did Jared Feeconch's team do do so well in in that season opener that really shut down a powerful El Campo offense. What they did, Sam, is they played outstanding defense. Uh, Quero has one of the best defenses I've seen in a long time. They they have exceptional speed. Uh, they get to the ball, and when they get there, they're physical. Uh, they uh, Ruben Owens, who's an outstanding running back, uh, he had some plays where he uh, would avoid a tackler but it seemed like every time he did that, there'd be two or three other guys just waiting for him. So uh, he had very little room to run. Um, on offense, uh, Cuero showed a little bit of the potential. I don't think they made a lot of mistakes in the first half alone. In fact, they had 10 penalties, uh, mostly on offense. And uh, that hurt them. But uh, once they got things going, uh, that that offense is going to be very potent because uh, Mason Nataro is uh, he's a good runner. He threw the ball well, and uh, they, he's got a lot of weapons around him. Of course, Tyson Williams he really kind of got on track too. So uh, Quero has the makings of a team that has a lot of potential to uh, make the uh, long run in the playoffs. They still have some things to work out, but uh, very impressive uh, performance for the first night out. And kind of keeping with the with the MO of kind of interesting results, I mean, I don't really call it – it's not an upset by any stretch of the imagination, but Edna 47, East Bernard 7, I mean – you look at what Jimmy Mitchell's doing there, and then you've got Bay City coming right out of the gate, showing how potent their offense could be with the sixty-eight nothing win over over Sweeney. You know, just kind of it seems like this is going to be a very interesting year of football if this if these first week of results are are going to hold. I mean, I mean, you look at just the the parity all all throughout the throughout the region of the crossroads and you see it. I mean, like you said, Bloomington coming out, winning its first game under Brandon Krauss. You've got, you know, these teams like Quero, some of these blue bloods who maybe they were, they were going to rebuild or uh, maybe encounter a little bit of a, of a learning curve. Here they are coming right out of the gate firing. Just kind of, do, do you feel like this, this kind of shows what we expected this season because for me I didn't I didn't expect to see some of these results no I I admit I was I was surprised by a lot of what I saw I mean I knew Cuero had a a really good solid defense with a lot of guys returning and I and I I knew um I also knew that Refurio 
had some issues up front. They're still uh, there. May be a year away there. They have a lot of youth up front. Uh, Shiner, I mean, let's face it. Anytime you lose an athlete like uh, Doug Brooks, that's going to hurt. And uh, not only Doug Brooks, but AJ Potek, Ty- Tyler Bishop. They lost some very good players. And uh, you know that. You know what uh, Jeremiah was talking about them making mistakes. Sometimes that happens in the first game when you have new players at new positions. It just, you know, it takes a while for them to get going. So I wasn't necessarily, uh, I don't I don't know if we can say this is the course the season is going to go. Things may turn around and work out just like they usually do. But what it showed is that, uh, you know, you just can't, you can never say just because this is the way it was, it's going to be again, as we found out last week. Yeah, and kind of, and you know, rounding out some of the wrap up, uh, the wrap ups of just a wild week one in in the Crossroads region and the state as a whole. You know, you look at it. Uh, San Antonio Taft run ran roughshod over Victoria East, forty two to thirteen, and then here. In Victoria, uh, Victoria West loses a heartbreaker to uh, San Antonio Davenport in their first year in UIL competition, and it just came down to a fumble inside the five in in the final 30 seconds by Jax Ragnow, who had otherwise played a great game, had 66 yards rushing, two touchdowns on only a handful of carries. His first game as a running back, he did well, and you could just see – you could just see kind of the bitter taste in in West's mouth after that loss. I mean, Kamari Montgomery, another guy making a debut as a running back, 192 yards. West played very, very well and, and maybe deserved to win that game. However, eight explosive plays of 20 yards or more, three of them resulting in a touchdown, lead to the loss for the fourth straight year in the season opener for, for West and, you know, doesn't get any easier from here as now I think I think now it's time to turn to our week two previews I mean that's one they're gonna have to go up to Leander Glenn and we'll touch on that in a little bit but Mike and Jeremiah first game we've got this week East versus welcomes New Braunfels Canyon who Canyon's coming off a coming off a win over district rival Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and you know, this is going to be another tough test for for East Jeremiah. Just what are you looking for for this East team to really find a way to get some get some momentum? Because after a loss like that against Taft, you've got to you've got to turn it around quickly, and you can't really dwell on it. What are you looking for from the Titans? Yeah, well, like you said, you know, it's another uh, another tough week for for the Titans. Um, honestly, this week, what what I'm really looking for is for the defense to step up. Because um, last week they gave up six touchdowns. Um, I think the quarterback that they faced, he had about um, about 100 yards, pa- over 100 yards passing. So, you know, uh, this week they're going up against another another tough quarterback in uh, Deuce Adams. Um, you know, this guy, he has offers from Cal, Washington State, you know, schools like that. So I think the defense is really going to have to step up, uh, particularly the secondary. Because um, uh, Adams, he has, he has a kind of favorite target in Eli Adams, uh, one of his junior wide, re- wide receivers. Um, and last week uh, he had about two touchdowns, about 80 yards. So, you know, really, really the defense is going to have to step up if they want to, they want to stand a chance against Canyon, because um, you know last week they they proved that 
you know, they could they could they could put the ball in the end zone. I think they had about four, 40, uh, 40 points. So so it's it's going to be a tough game. But yeah, I'm really expecting a lot out of the uh, East defense this week. And obviously, they're going to need to find some some sort of rhythm on the off, offensive side with Giles and Jaden Williams. You know, so that's going to be a big thing. Mike, we talked we talked about it. There's going to be a good game going on in in Bay City, and it may not have been one we would have been as intrigued in as uh, as we are now had the results not panned out the way they did. You get two offenses getting to getting ready to go at it. Just what what are you looking for at, from this Bay City Edna game at which is set to go at seven o'clock at Memorial Stadium in in Bay City? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Edna did what we expected, although speaking to Coach Mitchell, uh, he was a little disappointed in the fourth quarter. He said he he felt like uh, they uh, wore down a little bit, were a little fatigued, and uh, made some mental mistakes. So what he wants to see is a complete game. Uh, turning to Bay City, uh, they uh, played well on all sides of the ball, and they, they actually blocked three punts. So basically the defense set the offense or special teams set the offense up in really good field position, and that helped, obviously. He scored 68 points. Um, he's got uh, some veterans, uh, so in Bay City has some speed, which will be interesting. The, the question, I think, will be, will Bay City be able to handle Edna's size and the other side will be how does Edna deal with Bay City speed. And um, that's kind of probably going to determine the game. I know uh, Coach Robert Jones at Bay City, is uh, he feels like things are starting to turn around. Him, He, like uh, Jimmy Mitchell, they're both in their third year. So uh, I think he feels like the program is finally starting to turn. And, uh, you know, if they can play a good game this week uh, – that would be another uh, big, you know, kind of spark them with a district play coming up. And one thing, we'll get to the last uh, – or one of the local games this this week, West going up to Leander Glen. We talked about it. This is going to be another chance for West to try and stop the run. Leander Glen, who used to be a spread offense, now they're in the wing tee and they've got a three-headed backfield – Headlined by DJ Duggar, and he can run the ball. He's really, really good. He rushed for, I think it was, I think it was just 118 yards last week. But he had three touchdowns for the Grizzlies in a 34 to 10 win over San Antonio Piper. And it's not just him in the backfield. They got two other guys. They've got, you know, they've got, uh. Well, now I'm blinking on their names, but two guys who one one's a speed guy and one's kind of a power guy, who really complement Duggar well out of the backfield, and you know West did okay stopping the run last week. They allowed 136 yards rushing, but 126 of those came to Davenport star running back Shaston Golden, who who picked up. Uh, you know he had a, he scored he. He was able to do a lot of good things against the West defense, so it's going to be a, a matter of stopping the run game as a whole or at least containing it as much as possible because there was only one passing attempt for Glenn in that game last week against Piper. So 
you're not going to see many many passing attempts from the Grizzlies. And for for West, it's going to also be can they get their passing game going? Mike, you know better than better than anyone that if you're going up against a wing T offense, a run oriented offense that loves to control the game, control the clock. Sometimes you got to be able to hit those shot plays, and you got to be able to uh, make up for the the time that you lose playing defense. And that's going to be what what West needs to see. Camden Rapper his first start, nine of twenty two passing, and threw one touchdown for uh, against two interceptions. One of which was just a a mass a big miscommunication between he and his receiver, and. It's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Wes is trying to hope, uh, trying to hopefully avoid going zero and two before they have to play Alice in Week Three. But then we got some interesting marks that we could see. I mean, you've got Shiner and Refurio both coming off of off of losses, and you know when it comes to Refurio in this week, you know what do they need to do, and just kind of. Uh, historic, just kind of put it into context historically what Refurio is trying to avoid. Right. Well, obviously, when Shiner and Refurio lose, you kind of go back in the record books because that doesn't happen very often. And uh, I went back Friday night and discovered that the last time they had both lost on the same night was uh, 2016. But even more incredible, uh, as Refurio prepares to play uh, Corpus Christi London. And by the way, in case you haven't heard, that game has been moved to Flower Bluff at 7 p.m. because of uh, London has a grass field. And with all the rain, I guess they were worried about the playing conditions. So they, they moved that game to Flower Bluff. But uh, Refurio has not lost back-to-back games in the same season since 2004 which is incredible, really, if you think about it. And uh, that's even before – that's before Coach Herring, Jason Herring, got there. So in his in, entire tenure at Refurio up to now, the Bobcats have not lost two consecutive games in one season. Shiner is kind of like that. I mean, their last time they lost consecutive games in the same season was 2013. So, uh, you know, and Shiner has Industrial, which the game you'll be covering. And Industrial picked up a big win over Yoakum. So, uh, yeah, a lot of history here on the line. I mean, uh, you know, I know it's incredible if you think about it. We've talked about this before. Uh, since Coach Herring arrived in Refurio, they've been to the quarterfinals, at least the quarterfinals every year. And to have, I couldn't even believe it when I looked back. I didn't realize that they had not lost two games in a row in a season. Now, obviously, they lost their last game to Shiner and then the game to Hitchcock, so that's two games in a row, but not in the same season. So a lot on the line for these teams. I think psychologically for both of these teams, it's it's a big thing because um, – you know, you don't want to go 0 and 2 because it's a big difference yeah. being 0 and 2 versus 1 and 1. And like coaches say, uh, the biggest improvement usually occurs between game one and game two. That's an old coach's cliche that sometimes is very true. And we'll see if that's the case. Uh, Refure has to get its offense straightened out. Uh, Shiner, I think they have to uh, 
eliminate the mistakes uh, like Jeremiah was talking about. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of history there uh, on the line for this week. And like you said, I'll be out at Comanche Stadium, 7.30 p.m. on Friday as an industrial heads up the road to Shiner. And, yeah, Craig Nair, great job in that game. I mean, they found a lot of success running the ball, 245 yards rushing for the Cobras. And it's going to be it's going to be a matter of can Shiner find a way to utilize everyone on the field because, you know, losing – losing Doug Brooks, you, losing some of the key pieces they did on defense. It's it's time for for the experience of everybody else to show up. And I think that's going to be – I haven't been up to Shiner this week, but I'm pretty sure head coach Daniel Bedeker's got those guys lined up, ready to go. There's a, there's a fire lit under them. Same with, same with Refurio and Jeremiah. After that game on Friday, did, you know, did you see – did you see kind of that uh, frustration in a game that was so close that uh, from China that they were just that they were just kind of ready to put that one behind them and get back to work? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, uh, you know, right after the game, I was talking to to Bedeker and you know, it's he just seemed like he just like like Sam said, he just seemed like he wanted to put the game behind him. Um, he was talking about how how you know they they struggle in, with penalties and you know on defense they kind of kind of struggled to 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 hold the Brahmas um you know past 14 points but yeah definitely definitely seemed like they were ready to get out of there and just you know focus on the next week and kind of kind of look forward to 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 going up against industrial and then speaking of a team trying to avoid going oh and two Mike what was it? it's been it's been almost what two it's been over two decades since El Campos faced that and they've got a, they're staring down the barrel again with a really solid Corpus Christi Miller team down at Buck on, uh, on this on week two. Just what does what does El Campo need to do in this game? What to get get back on track and kind of right the ship after such a such a tough loss to start the year? Yeah, that that was a tough loss. There's no doubt because uh, especially the way it, they lost. I mean, it was the game was uh, pretty much over. By halftime, I mean, Quera went up 28 to nothing, and uh, they never recovered. Uh, and as you said, El Campo has not been 0-2 since 2001. And they faced the, a Miller Buccaneer team that's, you know, going to be explosive. Um, they Miller is coming off a win over Rockport Fulton. Uh, I think El Campo, they have some issues on defense up front. They've got to get better up front on defense. Same on offense, really. I think uh, that uh, up front, they, they they just need to get some experience up front because, um, you know, Ruben, doesn't, Ruben Owens does not need a lot of space. But if you can give him a little crease, he can make a lot of things happen. Defensively, though, I know they, they weren't real happy with uh, the play of their front, and uh, that's where the biggest improvement has to come this weekend. And, you know, I know Coach Worrell was out there this weekend. Uh, I'm sure they were looking at that. Um, I'm sure what they, you know, they saw what happened on tape, and uh, that's uh, I think, will be a primary area of focus because uh, 
I Miller is every bit could be every bit as explosive as Cuero, but what I do not think is that Miller will be as physical as Cuero. So, I think El Campo may have uh, a, a, a little bit of an edge there in physicality, which uh, could make a difference. And we can't forget the the other local team, St. Joseph. They come out and and, and they handle business against Aransas Pass, thirty three to was it 33 to 10 or 33 13 33 I think yeah that was right Kevin Allstrom covered that game and you know you look at it Gage Barrera three touchdowns that's kind of what you're expecting from from the Flyers and and you know a good win to start off the year now they go up to Luling who who's coming off a win as well and it's a it's another good test for the Flyers and you know, you got to think James Dupree is is kind of licking his chops because if they can go, I mean, we talk about the difference between zero and two and one and one. There's a big difference between having the chance to go two and zero and going one and one. You know, just how big would it be if St. Joe were able to find a way, get a second win, and start the year two and zero? Yeah, it would be. It'd be great for the Flyers to build some momentum. Uh, speaking with Kevin uh, this this uh, this mm-hmm. afternoon, and uh, Kevin was talking about, uh, of course, Gage Barrera. You know, he only carried the ball ten times, so uh, they uh, used him enough, but uh, they could always use him more. What they need, uh, what he was saying, that they want to do is get their passing game going a little more. Um, they feel like uh, that way that teams just can't gang up on Barrera and stack the line, which I guess is the way that people are going to approach St. Joseph now. Um, if they can get their passing game going, they, they might. Luling uh, obviously is better than it has been in the past, uh, recent past. Uh, they had that long losing streak for, for some quite some time, but they've turned around um, – uh, Kevin was also saying that Coach Dupree is concerned about looming size. Apparently, they're pretty big. So uh, this would be a good test for the Flyers. Uh, they come out of here and they have a Houston Northland Christian next week, and then of course they go into district. So uh, in an eight-team district, you you've got three non-district games, so you have to get ready in a hurry. I think that. Well, we can talk about Goliad one and zero. They came off a bit. That was a good win against Tidehaven. That was a really, really good win. I think that was just a good game all around, a one-score game. And the the Tigers from Goliad County, not from Tidehaven, they end up coming up. They end up coming out with the win. And you know, you can you can see the wheels turning really well in in Kevin Salazar's third year at Goliad and. Now they get to go up against a Poteet team who isn't Poteet like they've been in the past couple of years when they had Ernest Davila, who's now at Harden-Simmons. Uh, you know, but for Poteet, this is a – or for Goliad, this is a chance to kind of assert themselves and and, and show that dominant force uh, that they want because, you know, Lathan, Lathan Martinez, 162 yards, two touchdowns, a sophomore – uh, stepping up and doing it on a night when a senior Joseph Council struggled, had two fumbles. You know, that that kind of shows the depth, and that's kind of been something Salazar's been really, really encouraged about heading into heading into this season. But 
you know, just just for Goliad and and it's weird to think. I mean, they you know a couple of years ago they they were winless and here they are a chance to go two and zero in week two. Yeah, it just goes to show you that you know things how crazy they are this year. You know, we didn't even mention uh, Fall City. I mean, they were at the state final last year and they got beat thirty four to nothing by Three Rivers. So, uh, you know, it shows you things change, and uh, you have to be ready every year, and uh, nothing is given to you. You have to go out and take it. And, uh, you know, we could go into week two and see things return to pretty much normal, or the craziness may continue. And if it does, then uh, I think we need to take another look at what we're look- what, what we see from this year because uh, – Things could get really crazy if uh, if these upsets continue. Well, that'll bring us to the end of Episode 2 of The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. But before we go, we want to make sure you know, if you follow us on Twitter, if you're following our pages on Facebook, uh, if, you know our, if you know our email, send us questions, interact with us, let us know where you're listening from, what you want to hear, kind of, If you have questions, we will answer them on air. So be sure to send those in on Twitter at advosports.com. The email sports at vicad.com. That's sports at vicad.com. Well, for Mike Foreman and Jeremiah Sosa, I'm Sam Fowler, and this has been The Grid. Yeah.